0: Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. How many have ever asked God why? And usually when we ask God why, those whys draw us away from God rather than drawing us closer to God. And I want you to realize that the wise in life have been designed to draw us closer to God, not to draw us away from God. And I want to prepare you this morning because I believe that there's some of you here this morning that you know that you've been called to a higher level. You know you've been called to something deeper. There's something in you that, that cries out. Uh, you've made money, you, you've uh, had possessions, you've accomplished things, but yet there's an emptiness inside of you where you realize there's something greater that God is calling you to. And that God is not just called you just to get free from something. God is calling you to set people free from something. Say it again, Pastor, because the, the reality is for many of us, we spend most of our lives just trying to break free from something. And if the enemy can get you to focus in your life on just trying to get free, where you're always in bondage trying to break a bondage, trying to break something, you never have the ability to set anyone else free or to use the gift that God has for you to set people free. So I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. I want to share with you a message this morning called When God Cries. Everyone say, When God Cries. Whenever we face a tough situation, we cry out to God, right? But I want you to know that when there's a tough situation on earth, that God cries to us. That we don't just cry out to God in times of need, but that God cries out to mankind when He needs someone to act. I want you to take a look here in the book of Exodus chapter 3, and when you're there, say amen. I want to encourage you. I appreciate the digital Bible and all that stuff, but learn to bring your Bible. Learn to start getting used to a Bible, opening a page, and getting used to the Word of God. Become familiar with it. Get it in your hands. Amen? Uh, I appreciate the digital Bible and everything, but, you know, it's your Word I've hidden in my heart that I would not sin against you. And I want you to get used to to the Word, taking notes and so forth, whichever manner you do so. Starting in verse 1, it says this, One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock far into the wilderness. Someone say wilderness. And came to Sinai, the mountain of the Lord. And there an angel of the Lord appeared to him in the blazing fire from the middle of a bush. And Moses stared in amazement, though the bush was engulfed in flames, it did not burn up. Pray with me. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn to your neighbor as you're seated and say, when God cries. I want you to notice what's taking place here. The children of Israel had been in bondage for 400 years. How many years? 400 years they're in bondage to Egypt. And they're in bondage to Egypt because Egypt feared their potential." Let me try this side, okay? They, they ended up in bondage for 400 years because Israel was afraid of their potential. Amen. Okay, maybe I can try the middle, okay? They ended up in bondage for 400 years because Egypt was afraid of their potential. Okay, a little closer. But the reality is this, is that the enemy, I want you to understand, the enemy will put you in bondage whenever he's afraid of the power that's in you. Wow. Come on. See, Egypt recognized how big Israel was growing and they became afraid of them. And the enemy will only come after you and try to bring you under domination when he is afraid of the power that you possess. And the enemy will do his best to bring you under domination through addiction, through divorce, through lust, through your past, through your failures. And he will try to bring you under domination of illness and, 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 and even, even financial struggle and through, through a family crisis. And put us to a place of dominion or bondage because he's afraid of the potential that's in your life. And so for 400 years they're in bondage, they're living a reality that is contrary, someone say contrary, Contrary. to what God promised them. God promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob a land flowing with milk and honey. But I got good news for some of you. It doesn't matter how long you have waited for the promise of God to be fulfilled in your life, God's promises do not come with an expiration date. Have you ever gone shopping and you find that that certain the meat certain meat sections have specials on meat? Only reason it's on special is because it's about to expire. And unless you're planning on eating it that day or right there in the grocery store, You normally aren't going to buy that because they're they're trying to get rid of it because it's about to expire. But I need you to know that the promises of God don't expire. Whether you've waited four days, 40 years, or 400 years, the promises of God are still yes and amen upon your life. Somebody say amen. amen. And so I need you to understand something, that God hasn't forgotten you. Someone say that to yourself. You need to prophesy to yourself and tell yourself, God hasn't forgotten me. That's why I was saying now. I'm declaring now over my life right now. Now. Even though the devil is trying to get in the middle of my now, I declare now, now, now on my life. I'm not going to let someone distract me from my now. God hasn't forgotten. And so, I see, no matter what your condition is right now, your purpose is not hindered by your past yeah. or present situation. Yeah, exactly. Because the promise that... Now, now, I need you to understand this. God created time. The book of Genesis 1.1 says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. What's the first thing God created? Beginnings. 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 If you've been part of CWC long enough, you know this. Is that the first thing God created was beginnings? Because God is eternal. He had no beginning, He had no end. So when He said in the beginning, first thing God created was time. Say it again, Pastor, before He created the heavens and the earth, God created time. Now God created time, but He exists outside of it. That's why God could look at the broke you and call you blessed. That's why God could look at the sick you and call you healed. That's why God can call, look at the, the lost you and call you found. Because God doesn't see you the way you are in the, in the scope of time. God sees you in the completion of time. That God sees you outside of time. God sees you as the man or the woman that he created you to be. That's why God doesn't call you in your current state. God calls out the completed state in your life. That's why he could look at a man like Gideon who was fearful and hiding out and call him a mighty warrior. That's why he could look at a Peter who was a stone and call a pebble and call him a rock. Because God doesn't look at you at where you're at. God looks at you at where you're going. The problem is we have too many people in our lives that are declaring where we're at or where we've come from. And we're allowing those words to speak prophecy over our lives instead of allowing the Word of God to declare our future and our reality. Come on, somebody. So I want you to notice something about Moses. Everyone say Moses. Moses, his name means draw out because you know the story, he, the... Pharaoh's daughter found him in the water, drew him out of, the, of the, the river because they were killing all the male children. Because they didn't want these male children to be born because the more male children that are born, the more men, they become men and they could rise up as an army. And so they would kill the male children but let the female children live. Well, when Moses was born, his mom didn't want to kill him, obviously, so she, she took time and hid him. When she couldn't hide him anymore, the Bible says that she made a little ark, little boat, put him in there, and she put him in the river and sent her, his sister to keep an eye on him as he floated down the river. And she put him right down from where Pharaoh's daughter was taking a bath. She set this up. Pharaoh's daughter sees this baby, pulls him out, sees how, how beautiful the baby is. And the little girl says, uh, do you want me to find someone to feed that baby for you? She goes, I know someone. And Pharaoh's daughter says, well, that's a great idea. Because, uh, excuse the term, she goes, I'm not lactating. I need to find a Hebrew woman to feed this child. So what's she do? She goes and gets her mom, the baby's mother. Mother. And now the baby's mother is paid to raise her child. Now, you're not catching this. You see, in a a time where everyone was losing their child, losing their inheritance, losing losing the the individual that was going to represent the promise, God raises up this child and not only gives the mother back her baby, she pays her to raise her child. I'm here to tell you that everything the enemy is trying to take from you, God is going to restore and you're even going to be blessed and paid to do the things that you were supposed to do. As a result, he's raised, you know, he's raised as, as, as Pharaoh's daughter, man. He's raised in the palace. This guy's raised as a prince. You see, you can't have a slave mentality and set a nation free. God, God had to pull someone outside the slaves in order to raise up someone to deliver the children of Israel. Why? It's because the problem isn't that there's not no one strong enough. There's just no one strong enough. There's people with muscle, but not people that look at things differently. And God had to raise someone outside the slavery in order to raise him as a prince to notice when injustice is taking place. And Moses notices that there's something wrong here. And he knew that there was a call on his life to do something. some of you, when you see injustice happen around you, you rise up. That's who Samson is i tell you what, this guy, when there's trouble around, Sam finds it. I'm tell, he'll drive down the street, and if there's something going on, he finds where the... He's like Batman. I'm telling you, because every, every time I... Whether he didn't come to church with the cast, he'd come there with, with the, so his shoulder messed up. What happened? Oh, I was driving down the street, saw this girl, this girl being beat up by this guy, and I pulled over. I said, dude... How do you know the guy doesn't have a gun? How do you know he doesn't have a knife? How do you know? Because I, I don't, just, I, I saw it. I had to stop and I had to help her. And so he gets out. Yeah. He gets out of the car and John keeps an eye on the car. John makes sure the car's okay. I asked John, what, were you by yourself? No, John was with me. Well, did John get into it too? No, no. John, where were you at? I was watching the car. Make sure no one messed with the car. Where's John? He's hiding out somewhere. He's probably watching the car, huh? There you are, see? If he'd stay in church, you know, he wouldn't have to watch the car no more. But Sam has that, it's in him, that, that desire to protect, to rise up. And this is, who, this is who, who Moses was. Moses saw what was going on, the injustice. He knew he was a Hebrew. He knew he was different from, than, than all the slaves, but he knew he was the same. He knew that he was called to do something. And when he saw a Hebrew being beaten by an Egyptian, he rose up because something inside him said, you were created to set people free, that he stepped up and he he kills the Egyptian. Now, he wanted to do the right thing, but he went about it the wrong way. And it got him in trouble. Next day, he sees a couple of them fighting Hebrews. He breaks it up. You know the story. And he tells, hey, man, guys, you should we should be doing brown on brown crime here. Come on. You got, you get, let, let, we need to have peace here. Brother shouldn't be killing brother. And when he tells them that, they say, well, what, what are you going to do? You're going to kill us like you did the Egyptian? And when he realized that they found out, Pharaoh found out as well, and Pharaoh wanted to kill Moses. So Moses went on the run. You see, whenever you go about something the wrong way, it places you on the run. Now, I want you to see what happens here. Are you still with me? Amen. All right. So I want you to take a look at something. Even even my iPad said, you're talking too long, so we're turning off. Uh, Notice what happens. So he he ends up running away. He ends up in the desert. And in the desert, he ends up marrying a young lady whose father had a bunch of sheep. So guess what he's going to become? A shepherd. He's working in the family business now. But what's worse, they're not even his sheep. It's one thing. Notice... Moses has this encounter, comes, well, he's faithfully taking care of his father-in-law's sheep. They're not even his sheep. They're not even his. He's taking care of his father-in-law's sheep. He's living the life of a shepherd, which is difficult. You're out there in the rain with them. You're out there in the cold with them. You're watching out while they're asleep. You're making sure that no predators are out there because you're responsible for every single one of these sheep. Forty years of watching sheep. Getting up in the morning, going out, feeding, leading, watering, taking care, protecting the sheep. Go to bed, get up the next day, leading, feeding, watering, protecting the sheep. 40 years every day, 365 days a year for 40 years. Get up, lead the sheep feed them, protect them, watch over them, go to bed, get up and do it over and over and over, there are some of you men here, some of you women, every day you get up, you go to work you're faithful, you just keep on showing up, you're doing what you gotta do, no one's get, no one's patting you on the back, no one's saying good job, but you know the family needs it, you know the family needs to be taken care of, you get up you go to work, you work your job, you come home, you go to Bed and you get back to it all over again. He was just being faithful. Turn to your neighbor, tell him, Good job. Tell him, good job. I heard you. You you told her good job, and you know. See, when you hear someone do something, you bless them for it. You don't call them out on it. You bless them. You embrace it and tell people, good job. All right? No, it's not gonna end going to be with you till Jesus comes. (laughs) Now. (laughs) He showed up. God shows up. He's a long way from the palace. Not in the palace no more, man. You're not waking up and having servants bring your slippers, (laughs) clapping your hands and someone bringing you food. Now he's watching sheep. He's, the palace time is so far away from his now. But I want you to understand is that your current assignment someone say current assignment,", current assignment. what you are doing right now is preparing you for your next. You don't think anyone's watching, but you know what? It was the fact that Moses got up every day, went to work every day, did what he was supposed to do, that God noticed that this man is just being faithful. Some of you want God to bless you. You want God to show up, but you can't even show up. God wants to know, can you be faithful? Because when you're faithful, God will show himself faithful as well. Now look with me in verse two. Check out verse two. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire in the middle of the bush front of a bush, and Moses stared in amazement. Now, first service we did this, but you know what, uh, brother Dave, we're we're going to accentuate this. Stand up a little bit. I just want you to go like this, okay? He's burning right now. Okay. Now some theologians say this is that Moses just keep burning, bro. The the Moses is leading the children, the, leading the children of Israel. He's leading sheep. Okay, he's leading sheep and they, 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 they come by and he notices a bush that's burning. Not singing, not dancing, just burning. Yeah. Okay, and, and so he goes by. Some theologians say that he may have passed by this bush two or three times. That he's leading the sheep and he notices a bush burning because bushes burning is not a big deal in the desert. But then all of a sudden he notices that this bush should keep burning, bro. Can't just stop, man. (laughs) And he notices something that, wait a minute, this bush has been burning for a while. There's something that's not right about this. That he finally stops and he takes notice. You're a good burning bush, bro. (laughs) I want you to notice what takes place here. Notice this God shows up in the back of the desert. In a manner that Moses doesn't expect. You see, we expect God to show up, but we expect God to show up like this. My child. Yes, Lord, I speak to you now. Yes, God, speak. I want you now to rise up and go forward. Yes, Lord, I'll go. That's what we expect, right? We don't expect this. We don't expect that. But God shows up in a manner that Moses doesn't expect. You guys keep laughing. I'm going to make you burn. Your shirt's bright enough to start burning, bro. There you go. Let it go, man. Come on up. Come come on up, bro. You're younger. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm sorry, bro. Go burn with them, bro. Go burn with them. You guys burned together. <laughs> uh, Lord, I love this church. See, Moses had already tried to deliver the children of Israel his way. But now all of a sudden, God shows up in a manner that he didn't expect. And he shows up at Moses' work. I want you to know that God will show up at times. Now, everyone's paying attention. But please don't call me up there, Pastor Dan. God shows up at Moses' work. He just shows up at work. And I want you to know that God doesn't call Moses, He just shows up. I need you to understand that God's there. In the midst of your crisis, in the midst of your fire, in the midst of your trouble, in the midst of your your, your problems, God is there. The problem is you don't recognize him. You are so busy with the sheep. You are so busy with your surroundings that God is burning right around you. But you've never picked up your eyes to notice God's right there. It was up to Moses to seek out God once God showed up. Keep burning, bro. He's showing you up, man. Now, all of a sudden, you're paying attention now, huh? Huh. Amen, pastor. Amen. (laughs) What caused Moses to draw closer to God? I want you to take a look at verse 2 and 3. Dave, you're doing an amazing job. Though the bush, check this out. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. Stay with me now. This is what Moses says. This is amazing. Moses said to himself. What? Why? Why? Why isn't the bush burning up? I must go see it. I want you to understand. It's our whys in life that draws closer to God to seek and to understand. Why? why is the bush burning? Why is it not burning up? It's the whys that we go through. And I need you to understand that we all have a why in our life. We've all had a why moment in our lives. You see, our why should draw us closer to God, not draw us away from God. The book of Proverbs 25 verse 2 says it's God's privilege to conceal things, but a king's privilege to discover them. That God doesn't just give us the promise, he hides it. It's like playing hide and seek. How many of you have ever played hide and seek with your kids? You you did? Yeah, okay. Have you played hide and seek? Yeah, no? The, The key of hide and seek when you play with your kids isn't to hide from them. It's to be found. You notice that? You don't hide in a place where they can't find you. You want the kid to find you. When my kids were younger, Jesse and Jazz, when they would would play hide and seek, I could tell when Jazzy got scared. Because Jesse would go upstairs and hide in a closet in the dark. And when Jazzy would go look for her, she would jump out of the closet and scare her. So whenever they would play hide and seek, all of a sudden I'm watching TV and Jazzy would just come downstairs and sit down on the couch. What are you doing, babe? Nothing. I thought you guys were playing hide and seek. No, I'm not playing anymore. <laughs> I said, uh, okay. And then I hear a voice from upstairs. Jazzy, <laughs> I'm waiting. And she was so afraid to go upstairs into the dark and go look for Jazz or for Jessica because Jessica wasn't afraid of the dark. And she would hide there for hours waiting for Jazzy to come find her. That little girl, she would and she would freak her out. She would jump out. And and so so Jazzy got to the point where I'm not looking for you anymore. I quit. I'm not getting scared. I quit. Keep burning, guys. Okay? And so I, I want you to see what happens is that the whole idea of 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 of, of hide and seek is to be found, and God hides His promises in places that if you would seek it out, you'll find Him. He's not trying to keep it from you. He wants you to find it. Now, the why, what he's saying is this, why? Why is the bush burning but not being consumed? Why is the bush on fire but not being, it should be gone by now. That flame should have burned it up. And we all have whys in our life. In fact, if you recognize any of these whys, say amen. Have you ever gone through the why of divorce? Have you ever gone through the why of a lost loved one? Have you ever gone through the why of a tragedy, of a why of a sickness, a why of a financial crisis a why of a storm in life why did I lose my job why am I going through this bankruptcy why why am I so busy why is this ministry causing so much so much of my time my, why is my family going through this why is my career putting so much pressure on me why are these expectations why is success putting so much on me have you ever gone through any of these whys? someone say amen, amen. not all wise are bad But the wise, I want you to know some of you are these bushes right here. Now, as funny as they look right now, I was going to let you sit down, man, but you got mad when I talked about replacing you, so I'm going to let you keep burning, okay? And your smile just makes me happy. You've been smiling since we started this. So I want you to notice something. I want you, some of you are the bush. Do you understand that? That some of you are that bush that causes people to wonder why? Man, you went through a divorce and, and you're not consumed by it? You, you went through that bankruptcy and you didn't, you didn't get destroyed by it? How is it you went through that sickness and you're still burning for God? How is it you've gone through that addiction and you're still burning for God? How is it you've gone through that battle and you're still burning for God? How is it you stay on fire and stay in ministry and stay successful and go through these things? How is it that you have not been consumed? I look at a Pastor Ray and think to see the things you've gone through. I'm shocked that you're still burning for God. I look at a Sean Peters and wonder, how is it you're still standing after everything you've gone through in life and you're still burning? I look at a Miggy and wonder, how can you still keep burning and not be consumed? How do you do that? Because of your life, if you would just keep burning for God. If you would just keep on letting God use you. See, we get burned up when we try to provide the fuel. But when you just let God burn through you, I could do this all day. When you let God use you. Instead of you trying to burn and let God burn through you, things begin to change. Now, look at verse 4. I apologize. It's not Hebrews 11. Oh, they changed it. Thank you, guys. I appreciate that. Verse 4 says, And when the Lord saw Moses coming to take a look, God called to him from the middle of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. Notice this. God calls him from the bush only when Moses draws closer. God stayed silent when he saw the bush. God stayed silent when he walked by the bush. He stayed silent when he came through the bush. He stayed silent when he noticed the bush. God didn't speak to Moses until Moses took a step towards the bush. You're you're waiting for God to speak to you. We're waiting for God to talk to you. But God's saying this, in order for you to draw close to the bush, that means you got to draw away from something else. Oh, you didn't catch that. You see, you're trying to draw close to God while at the same time holding on to these old things. But if you want God to speak to you, you got to let go of those things and start walking towards God. It's going to cost you something. So the call was always on Moses' life, but the call didn't get activated until Moses drew closer. God was always ready to call him. He was waiting for Moses to recognize. He he drew near. Someone say drew near. That means to turn aside or to depart. In order to draw near to God, you got to turn aside. You got to depart from something else. You got to depart certain relationships. You got to depart certain attitudes. You got to depart certain ways of thinking. You got to walk away from certain lifestyles. If you're going to draw near to God, you can't bring those things with you. Notice something here. There was, God calls them from the middle of the fire. Someone say fire. Now, this is so important. In fact, Omaha, if you could help me, I want you to notice something. God calls. I titled this message, When God Cries. The children of Israel in bondage 400 years, and all of a sudden, God calls to Moses. That word calls means to summon, to invite, to call for, to commission, to appoint. To call or endow. It means to cry for help or to make a a loud sound. That literally, when God called Moses from the bush, he just didn't say, yo, Moses. Moses. According to what's written, God is literally doing this. Moses! Moses! God cries out. You see, when we go through tough times, we cry out to God, 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 can you help me? But when the children of Israel are in bondage for 400 years, God wants them to be set free, that God cries out not to himself. He cries out to man because God knows that only man has the ability to make a change on earth. That in times of crisis... Instead of us crying out to God, God's crying out to us. Only we can change what's going on in homelessness. Only we can affect what's going on in the racial divide in America. Someone needs to rise up and instead of us getting mad at the situation, God is crying out and saying, church, church. He's activating the call that's in your life. God cries out to Moses to move on behalf of Israel. God's crying out to you right now. The question is, will you answer the call? God shows up in the middle of the fire. That fire right there, don't forget about you guys. Bro, you're going to be sore when you get home, bro. This is what you, you wax on, wax off, huh? You got to check out Clean Wheels. Clean Wheels detailing. Guy does a phenomenal job. Did my, my SUV and it's amazing. So he's doing wax on, wax off. I don't know what he's doing. He's just he's doing fingers. God calls him from the middle of the fire. Somebody say fire. Can God find you? In the middle of the fires of life. Don't run from the fires of life. Because it's in the fire that God purifies you. When God calls him. If you're going to clap, let's clap. Come on, let's give God praise. He calls him Moses. Moses. What you guys to say Moses, Moses. Ready, one. Two, three. Moses Moses you remember, he cried out. Ready? One, two, three. Moses. Moses. He spoke on your behalf. Okay, one, two, three. Moses. Moses Good job, Good job. You want to come up, Victoria? No, OK, I'm just checking. Moses had to answer the call. My question to you, church, is will you answer the call today? Moses responded, here I am. He responded, God, here I am. I just have a simple question for you today. Can God find you? See, that we've been... Uniquely designed not just to find the problems in the world, we've been uniquely designed to fix the problems of the world. And if all we do is point out the problem, we've only completed half of our call. Remember, in fact, give our Bushes a round of applause. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. Bless you, man. I said, He has a great spirit, man. Really great spirit. Thank you. Appreciate it. That word cry means not just to cry out, but to encounter. when Jesus was teaching on the mountainside we're going to close now so stay with me a multitude of people gathered around so big that the disciples realized man we, we're not going to be able to feed these people so one of the disciples Philip goes up to Jesus and said Jesus we got to get rid of these people we got to send them home there's too many people here and Jesus knew what was going on Jesus looks at Philip and says, you give him something to eat. What Jesus was saying was this, that there's a principle. When you see the need, you're responsible for meeting the need. When you recognize there's a problem, you're responsible for fixing the problem. Because only you have the eyes to see what's wrong. And I'm here to tell you that what, you, what, what bothers you in America today is the very thing that you were designed to fix because only you have the eyes to see what's wrong. Whether it's homelessness, whether it's education, whether it's, it's children that are abused, what, what, whatever, maybe financial, in the financial realm, whatever it is, God has uniquely designed you for that. Don't get mad at other people for not doing the job because God didn't call them to do that job. He called you to do it. And it's important that we respond, here I am. Bow your heads with me this morning. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.